The flogcast may occasionally contain explicit content that makes it not safe for work or for minors. It also doesn't provide an excuse to use the same words on Bay 13. Normal Bigfooty rules still apply. This is the vlogcast for the postseason wrap. The man who's going to make Richmond great against Starburns is here, and I'm joined by Mr. Moral Victory Cookson. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. Um, the um, Mr. The guy that needs no introduction, Dan. <laughs> Hello, how are we? And finally, for his first appearance this year, I think to shower us all in Premiership bathwater, we have. Goo you pups. <laughs> is, this, is, this, is this his first appearance on the forecast this year? I think it yeah. is. He might have been off on when Cookie Kwan. was on. How very bandwagon of you. <laughs> I've declined every invitation because I've told Cookie and Starburns this already this year. Every time I came on last year, we fucking lost that week. Oh, so you every want single time. Okay. Yeah, I so, yeah, I was just so superstitious, and I just thought, I think Cookie wanted me on after the West Coast win, but I was busy that week. Then he wanted me on again the next week, and I'm like, mm, we won, so mm, I'll say, nah. Sit and see, and just run with it, and then uh, Fife wanted me on <laughs> last week, and I just told him, <laughs> so I'll just roll with it, and <laughs> we win. <laughs> it's a good thing that you admitted to that, because we were going to whack you in <laughs> Because it, it got a subtle mention last week about superstitious doggies. and Yeah, yeah, of course. You have flog points for that if you want. We're a pretty influential bunch here. We control things. You know, it's not superstition when it's real. You know, we're in control of things. That's why That's why the doggies won. That's why the umpires favoured them, plugger. It's why you're getting Travis Cloak. That's revenge. Nah. We are the Illuma Floggy. The new flog order. Yeah, so, well, it was a fantastic game and fantastic result and it's goo or tears time who wants to go first goo you're not even going to let him go first no i just go cookie oh, no, that's right. you, you go. daniel ricardo goo <laughs> he won a race all right and lewis hamilton's engine exploded which honestly was no offense to the dogs that was the most improbable thing all weekend but hamilton was just in peak melt i mean he was melting like plugger I don't think anyone's melted like Plugger, but fucking pick the St Kilda supporter picking something else's goo on Grand Final week. What would you want me to say? I mean, you know, I'll have goo. <laughs> did you, did you I'll, have grand final? I'll have goo. You know goo? Dale Morris goo. He played a fantastic final series. Ooh, yeah. Underrated. And with a broken fucking back. Like, let's never hear about fucking guys with niggles in a final series ever again. 
because, you know, did you play with a broken back like Morris? No, you did not. If you would have said who's got a broken back, Morris or Tippett, you'd say Tippett. That's how good he played. Or you'd look at Hannah be grimacing and you'd go, he probably broke his back when, you know, someone pushed him. But who wants to go next? I got tears. Oh. <laughs> I got tears. Kim Kardashian is still alive. <laughs> 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 those noble gunmen, those robbers, they could have done a wonderful thing for humanity. Instead, they just went with the with the jewels and the the cash, and they just wanted the booty. They could have gone full morgues and made her disappear like the plane. When mankind created fire, when we created electricity, sliced bread, moon landings, this would have been bigger. This would have been the best news story of the week. Oh yeah, it would have just made everyone. Happy, even if you were a Sydney supporter. Probably wouldn't have made Plugger happy. He's the only one who wouldn't have been. Not to be. But in all, in all seriousness, the grand final was um, uh, incredible. It's refreshing to see a side who hasn't won one for a while, but also a side that competes under a conventional salary cap drafting and, you know, no bullshit cola or academy picks or priority picks. This premiership probably stands on its own, probably carries more weight than any premiership that's been won in at least 20 years. And then just the, the way they got there, we may not ever see that again. No. So it was something pretty special. So well done to the Bulldogs. And, um, yeah, Kim Kardashian is still alive. You can't have everything, Dan. Oh. Pops, you want to go? <laughs> yeah, why not? I might have, you know, I might have multiple goo. So, so first of all, I've got goo for Tottenham. Like, you know, we're absolutely shut on Man City. <laughs> what the fuck is it this week? We had a grand final and everyone wants to go with their first goo or tears at something else. <laughs> it's Divi's team, though. That means Divi's disappointed. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> All right, so, so that's out. All right, so that's out of the way. Now, let's get a grand final. Yeah, like, Cookie, you mentioned Dale Morris. And, like, you know, him running down Buddy and then Pomoy picking up the loose ball and just banging it home from 60 to, you know, basically kick what probably was the sealer and like there was quite a bit of sting out of the game but you know him just kicking that goal and just you know just shutting all the haters up just so fucking glorious it's just absolute so glorious but it was kind of ironic too because everyone would sort of be thinking of you know body kicking that goal from 60 out because he has done that sort of thing in the past but you know it wasn't him boy did it so yeah <laughs> It's still so just, weird to hear. Just looking at the whole scheme of things. Yeah, it was weird, but it was glorious. Too. It was beautiful. Um, it had irony about it. Yeah, exactly. And look, um, look, I was so, I was so pleased that, you know, Johnny Schultz was given the nod to, you know, present the cop over. And, you know, he's, like, he, he's not really talked about as, like, a great player. But when you think about it, like, you know... He won five best and fairest for us in the 60s. He was one of the best ruckers in the 60s, and he won a brown like that. But everyone talks about John Nichols and Polly Farmer from that era. No one ever talks about Schultz, but Schultz won the brown like, not those guys. So, you know, it's yeah, it was just good to see, like, he, like he got his moment in the sun. But, um, you know, just, you know, once once Bob and um Easton lifted up that cup, it was just... Just what every doggies fan and you know, particularly myself, just been waiting for. You know, just lift that cup up. Yeah. Were you at the game? My brother and a couple of his mates were. Um, no, I was at the kennel uh, with a, my other brother and um, yeah, a couple of mates and stuff. Did you miss out on tickets or? 
we put ourselves on the ballot, but yeah, I was unsuccessful. But, oh, that sucks. Uh, it's all good. Yeah, I watched the game at the camp. There would have been about 10,000 people there. Yeah, it was just <laughs> it's funny. Um, we got there about half an hour before the gates that opened the ground were, and just looking at the queue line up, and just thinking, oh, shit. But, like, we actually got there at a good time because there was only about 500 people ahead of us. We had to get in, and, you know, there was just people just filing in for, you know, off, like well over an hour after we got in. So, yeah, we parked ourselves on the grass on the on the wing because um, they set up big screens in the middle of the ground. And, um, yeah, just soaked it all in pretty much. I've got goo, and since everyone else fucking went off topic, I'll go on topic goo. I've got goo for the Punji Con, which... Dan did not attend. I was in regional Victoria that weekend. Milking cows? No, not exactly. Not that far out regional, but regional enough. You were probably further away than I was, which happened on yeah, happened on the Thursday afternoon and evening from about one thirty in the afternoon till 3.30 in the morning with a large TLC crew, including everyone's favourite internet mogul chief and Gordon Groves. Hang on, is, isn't his isn't his name Hamish Acker? Cause that's that's the gentleman I spoke to when I get when I gave the bar a ring when I was travelling. <laughs> I heard you gave the bar a ring. Yeah, I did. I got the lady working at the bar to yell out, "Is there a Hamish Acker there?" <laughs> <laughs> you would have thought it was fucking Moses, like yeah. prank call. But oh, I actually thought about doing that, but no, nah, no, nah, I didn't want to do that. No, that was that was the good evening and. It was funny to see the smoothest man on the internet, Mofra, basically take home two lesbians at the end of the night. What? Um, <laughs> that's just what it does. That's just... It's like see, someone going to the freaking and... picking up food. What did you guys do to 3am? Drink? Oh, went drank and went everywhere and ended up on Chapel Street with Gordon Groves and Ant and H2F whilst H2F tried to desperately find a place that would let us in. Uh, <laughs> But nah, all over the fucking place. Good day. I was told that you guys were going to go to Arden Street and pay a visit to the paver. Did that eventuate? <laughs> we should have gone and paid a visit to the paver. We could have we <laughs> could have pissed on it, and the paver would have to walk home. You can't. Yeah. Yeah, but I'll go to my real goo, and well, it's goo mixed with tears, and it is goo for Tom Boyd and the performance on the grand final stage, which was everything we never thought he was capable of. And as Dan said off air, he played like he was worth a million dollars. I've never, ever seen Tom Boyd play like that. No. It's like he's been fucking with us for two years. Yeah. It's like, oh, this is this is what I'm really Mr. about. Mr. September. I'm, like, yeah. Liam Picken had a great final series, and people called him Mr. September, and fair enough, but Tom Boyd's Mr. September because he never showed up before September, and then all of a sudden he played... Two in a row. Like, his prelim was pretty good, but this was out of this world. And my tears are for the Norm Smith medal selectors, Bar, Wayne Carey, and I can't remember who the other one was. Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson gave Johannesson three. The age rider, the female Emma Quayle. Quayle. Two voters gave Tom Boyd three. Wayne Carey and someone else. I think Emma Quayle. Yeah, might have been Emma Quayle. Regardless of who who they were, they they buggered it up. And two others left him off completely, which was... Michael Voss and Jay Clark. Those people valued stats more than the eye test. And you should never you should never do that. You should never get overawed with stats of how many meters gained and how many disposals. Because Johannesson was in Leon Davis contention at halftime. 
he was butchering the ball that badly. Mm-hmm. Tom Boyd deserved that medal, and I think partly the fact that he's Tom Boyd and... You know, the same way Lewis Roberts Thompson didn't win it. That one grand final, he was really good. If you're a bit too spudly going into the game, they're not going to give it to you. But he absolutely deserved that. He's the moral Norm Smith medalist, in my opinion. It was a hell of a decision, oh, I think. I couldn't uh, believe it. Yeah. I thought maybe maybe Pickin had beat him to it. Yep, he would have been a worthy winner. Or Kennedy in a losing side, even, but not... Johannesson. Like, Bontempelli's third quarter was, I think, better than, than Johannesson's entire game. If it was my 3-2-1 votes, Johannesson wasn't getting a vote yep. behind those three. I don't know. Pups, your opinion as the only person with an emotional investment in it? Yeah, just looking at the vote getters, obviously Wayne Carey, the key forward, that sort of thing. He gives Boyd top million. And then um, Emma Quayle, she gave... Tom Boyd, top billion. She also. likes her draft to his as well. Yeah, that too, but, but she she generally is a fairly transparent journo. Like, yeah. you know, she's always pretty neutral and pretty balanced. Like, I've always liked her writing, even though she's mainly only written about draft days and stuff. She doesn't get caught up in the goo-chugging. Nah, not at all. But then you look at bloody Voss and Clark, who didn't give him votes at all. You know, Voss is a midfielder. And Clark's just a... I just don't rate him as a journo at all, to be honest. Just, you know, he... Like, he likes his super coach and stuff like that. Well, Voss is a failed coach, so really. He had Tom Rockcliffe oh, yeah. at his club, so he loves his numbers. He's the one who made Rockcliffe captain, if I'm not mistaken. Rockcliffe, so, exactly. <laughs> no wonder he's not really caring what you do with the ball as long as you get it. I will say, though, outside of Kennedy, you could probably argue that most of the top ten players were all from the dogs. I mean, apart from Brampy. I mean, Grundy. there were two Sydney players that stood up. Grundy yeah. was also good. Those were the only three Swans players, I reckon you could say, who had good games. Mm. You could say there were some serviceable yeah. ones, but when you look at the Leon Davis field, Stringer's the only Bulldog who was anywhere near it. I mean, that Naismith player suddenly came out and he played pretty good for a random... Speaking of the Leon Davis, I think we'll move on to yeah, just pure discussion of the game. And Well, last three years, it's two grand final losses for the Colas, and there are two... The Leon Davis medalist, I think we can announce tonight that Tippett's not going to get caught. I think we can call that. That's not quite the federal election where they're going to run it to the wire. But mm. Tippett and Rowan in second place, I think both finished second and third in Leon Davis voting two years ago, which says it says a lot about... Not just, standing up in the big moments. You, well, just the, the same problems the Swans had against Hawthorne are still there. They got killed on the outside. They killed in a lot of ways. Like, Mitchell played pretty well too, now that we mention it, because on the inside they were pretty good. But they didn't look like they had a winner forward of the ball. No. They play well when everything's going all right for Sydney, Mm. but when chips are stacked against them, oh no. Whereas the Dogs found some winners. They found Boyd, obviously. They got three goals out of Dixon. They got three out of Pickin, even though the last one was junk time. Yep. Dahas was in there. And they got even contributions, whereas the Swans were very top-heavy, and, you know, Parker was disappointing. Hanabry was pretty crap until right before he got injured. He was starting to get a bit of it, but before that, you know, he got tackled in the first quarter and grimaced for five fucking minutes. Didn't anyone catch that? Yeah, sort of. Yeah, I did. That belongs in the bitch face thread. Kieran Jack was meh, you know, he missed that goal. McGlynn and, uh, <laughs> McGlynn. what's it? McLean was just pure shit. He shouldn't have played that game. No. He... And same with McVeigh. McVeigh shouldn't have played, nor should Mills. Whereas the Dogs went with the settled 22, even though certainly Suckling's probably in the best 22, and you could make a case for Lin Jong too. But Beveridge backed his guys. Longmire got a little bit skittish. 
I guess that just says their depth's pretty shit. You know, that no one's knocking the door down in the twos, apart from perhaps Ted Richards, now retired. Oh, I wonder why that's happened. <laughs> sort of what I thought of the game. Look, I think uh, Cookie said earlier that, you know, they were killed on the outside. Didn't he really did not have a winner on the outside? Like, um, Rowan's meant to I be the guy. Jones, yeah, I thought Jones had a crack. They couldn't get his hands on the ball enough. But they really needed guys running off half-back and on the wings and stuff, you know, you know, just to link up and spread and stuff. And, you know, we had that through, even though he hacked the ball a bit, you know, we had that through Hannison, we had that through Biggs. Dowhouse gave us a little bit of grunt when he was able to get on the outside after his inside stuff. And Caleb Daniel had a really poor first half, but he was more involved in the second half. McCray was huge in the second half, too. Yeah, we were just able to transition the ball by hand and foot so just so much better than what they did. And, like, when you sort of look at the stats after half-time, Sydney only kicked three goals, four after half-time. We kicked six goals. Nah, if we kick straight, then we, we beat them easily by six, seven, eight goals. Yeah. And, um, obviously, Sydney's, um, like, you know, um, Rampy and Grundy had good games for them down back, and they were able to mark a high ball regularly. But, um just through sheer weight of numbers, we'll just get in five fifty and making our chances. The, mer- point, I guess. the moment the ball hit the ground, the Bulldogs just destroyed Sydney. I mean, mm. when that changed, the Crumbers got yeah. in. And, yeah. They were just better in almost every facet of the game, and you know their players, which you mentioned, some of them were quiet, found a way in. Whereas the Swans players, you know, Caleb Daniel did, had about one kick to half time, but he worked his way into the contest and you know, out of Leon contention. Even Stringer did fuck all. Like, Stringer was a liability with four. Half his kicks out on the full at one stage. But then, yep. when it mattered, stepped up, kicked a goal. You know, did a couple of nice things in the last, literally the last ten minutes of the contest. Whereas there were Swans players who didn't do anything all day. It was a pure team performance, and it has been across the four weeks. Like, the Gary Ayres medal was won by Josh Kennedy on the back of two good games he played. But really... The Dogs won four finals along the way, but there was very few players would have featured in their best three more than once in that run. It was just even, and that's why they won the flag, and that's why it was amazing. I will say Kennedy did play one of the better grand finals you'll see in a losing yeah. side. I mean, 30 disposals, three goals. But he was so good at halftime, and then the throwing of Libertore onto him helped turn that game. It's like even in that situation, the dogs found a way to keep him in check because he was nearly carrying them on his back. There was a game early in the season where uh, Liber and uh, McCray got injured against Geelong on that Friday night game. That was the first of the Brave games. Yeah, but um, it was halfway through the second quarter when Liber hurt his ankle. And Liber played that same role as what he did on Kennedy in the second half. He played that same role in Dangerfield. And we were up by five points. And then he got injured and... We had no one real else to shut down Dangerfield. He's just so explosive, and Dangerfield just really got his butt in the gear, and, yeah, he really turned it on after that. Just just shows how influential the liver is. And yeah. it also sounds like um, the Swans are, in a similar way to Geelong, a one-man team. That you, If you shut down Kennedy, you can do a lot to them on a, in a big game. I will say, there was a club who probably could have really used Kennedy in this final series. <laughs> Which one? Uh, Hawthorne. Hawthorne? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. So, and what else do we have on that game? Sting was alright. You thought so? I thought... Better than Meatloaf. 
Yep. But if we hold that standard, no one's going to fucking fail it. You could probably so, send so pa- Sue's like sing short. Grand short final I was going to say shorter Nailed sending it. paddles up to sing. Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> it's always going to be better. So I thought Sting was pretty lackluster and unnecessary in the end. Really, they probably could have done it this year without him. I mean, Lionel Richie was the best pre-game entertainment, and that was planned in a week. Mm. The two Australian acts they had probably would have been enough for it. Yeah. But Sting was like an unnecessary extra who didn't even perform afterwards. Can the AFL only get guys who just happened to be in the country at the time? I think that's all they chase. I've heard a story that basically Michael Gudinski's sort of got himself into a deal with the AFL where he he gets them the acts because he's a music guy. He gets them the acts, but they're basically only ones coming out here on his, effectively signed to his touring company or whatever. So there's some reach-arounds happening there. Mm-hmm. Stringer probably gets the Cameron Mooney I got carried to a flag medal. Mm, Zane Cordy still probably. Um, he did kick a goal out of his ass, which is. He like, kicked a goal out of his ass, though he did cost him one by not giving it off. Yeah, but true. yeah, I thought his yeah, ground level stuff was pretty good. I thought he was able to win some crucial fifty fifties in the particular in the last quarter. I actually, yeah, I didn't see him in the second and third. His first quarter was all right, and his last quarter, but other than that. He didn't really have a good aerial game, whereas he has shown over the last couple of weeks that, you know, he can play on, yeah, a taller rebounding player and keep him honest. Like, he did that, particularly the first two weeks of the finals on the government and Gibson, I think. Mm. But, um, yeah, probably maybe the delivery inside 50 wasn't great from us at times, which probably favoured Rampy and Grundy and these guys that Cordy probably would have spent some time on throughout the game. But, yeah... Definitely thought he's ground level. Since Dan did mention the entertainment, which we will discuss, I want to have a little... I want to discuss the fucking grand final sprint. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> now, if we're going to pretend that this thing is fucking still worth something, and it clearly is to Geelong, can we fuck off the ring-ins? We don't need a fucking cab driver. We don't need this random suburban footballer who won, who is clearly now going to get a contract at Geelong, as Morgs predicted. And he'll, basically, he'll be the new recruit. Perhaps but, the AFL in the last couple of years are, are struggling to get people from clubs to actually want to do it. Maybe that's the reasoning for it. Then get rid of it. Yeah. They get players to it. It's, it's like an appearance fee and a couple of extra tickets to scalp. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't if you were just in town. Mm. Well, some part, some people might not want to watch the grand final or they just want to relax at home and watch it with some mates or something. I, I don't know. Yeah. Some clubs might not even have quick players. Like... If you're going to have a grand final sprint, <laughs> send the slowest and fattest players. Like, let's have Tom Hawkins versus fucking Paddy McCartan versus Ruckman. Mommy. I'd, I'd pay to that. I mean, stop sending the good players. Just send the slowest ones. That race itself, they... Majak Nifoga. And you got guys jumping the start. It was a bit of a mess. Local football one. How long have, has, have we had the sprint in the grand final? Well, it started in 1979 that got cancelled in 87, and then brought back in 2002. Time to can it? I think it is. Like, they're commercialising it to try and make people actually give a shit. Yeah, the AFL trying to milk it and give the fans at the stadium something to do. Yeah, something to do at half-time. I mean, it's only 20 minutes. I mean, it flies. I mean, you just, you know, people got their phones and shit, or they can go grab something to eat or drink. You know that thing they did in the GWS game where the guy was trying to kick the footy into, like... Yeah, you'd like to see that tires. big grand final day prize. Yeah, yeah, something like that. 
You just randomly pick people out of the crowd and or some poor bastard who's been wandering around outside begging for tickets. You call it the second half ticket lottery, and they have to yeah. compete for a chance to win tickets to the second half. And if you miss it, we're going to kick you back out. <laughs> and they're going to take the tickets that some corporate wanker who's already gone home because the f- food's gone, the lunch is over. They're going to take their seats. Oh no, some shit like that. Like anything better than that. What else we got in the grand final? Uh, what did you make of the parade, Dan? I didn't watch it. I I turned the tally on like ten minutes before the start of the game. I'm guessing what Farron Ray got a got a lap. Yes. Uh, Michael <laughs> Ferrito got a lap. Yes. Jed Adcock got a lap. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm sick of talking about games. this already. Were there any really surprising <laughs> names amongst that bunch? Like ones we hadn't expected? The swimmers got a lap. The Matt Horton and Kyle Ooh. Chambers. Oh, the Port Adelaide Chinese fans switched off over that. <laughs> and also, uh, the Melbourne Cup winner from last year got a lap. The gold medal, if you win a gold medal at the Olympics, I mean, that's, that's yeah, fair no, that, that That's fair enough, I think, yeah. I remember one year, um, Cadell Evans got Evans, a And he got to deliver got the gig. Melbourne Cup that year. Like, that was, you know, he yeah. was wheeled out for everything. Anyone who could get him tried to. The NRL didn't, because, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't, mi- I don't mind that. Look, my simple point in all this is why should... All those fringe players get the same treatment as the greats that are, that are getting the same thing. Yeah, we, we don't give the silver medalists a lap. Yeah, like there's people clapping and cheering at Michael Ferrito when really they they, they probably just want to throw shit at him or punch him. <laughs> throw potatoes. Yeah. Fits the 200-game criteria, though. Well, Brian Lake retired last season, but, you know, he played in the grand final, so they put him around also in a car with Adam Tierney. That's, that's not, that's not such a bad thing. Though. Brian Lake deserves yeah. a lap of honour. He's a Norm Smith medalist. Can we, can we make the criteria... A bit more higher, like say if you play three hundred games, all Australian, uh, all Australian best and fairest. Oh or... no, but then Nick Maxwell. Okay, forget. All right, forget individual uh, medals. Maybe we should just let you decide, games. Dan. We'll give you a list of names, and you can say yes, no. Not, yes, t- no. not many people are getting laps <laughs> if, if you're leaving it up to me. Uh, I'll give you some names, Dan. All right, Matthew Pavlich. Yes. Sam Fisher. No. Really? Yep. Just move. Two, two best and fairest. Move, move on with it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give one to Fisher. Dan's word is final. Okay, keep Nick going. Rewald. Yes. Uh, Aaron Sanderlands. Sanderlands isn't <sighs> retiring. Did he get a lap? I'm just implying oh, okay. these players could retire. All right, yes. Sanderlands, yes. Jimmy Bartel. Yes. Tom Rockliffe. No. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Nick Maxwell. Uh, no, God, no. Travis Broke. No. Andrew Mackey. No. <laughs> Travis Cloak. No. Ooh. Ryan Griffin. No. Good. Joe Watson. No. Oh. Tainted Brownlow, Dan. Dan, we I'll say no. No, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Matt Prittis. Prittis. Oh, God. I slipped my wrist. Jeez, this is a very tough club. You're like Sue's letting people onto her forum. How many people have I said yes to? Four out of 20-something people, maybe. I don't know. Well, I mean, that's what makes it special. If you're considered one of the greats of the game then you get the lap of honour on grand final day instead of being a participation award where everyone gets one. It's kind of like that discussion where people are saying everyone from the grand final side or team should get a medal rather than just the 22 that played. It sort of dilutes it. Well, let's segue from that to what was probably one of the greatest moments of the day when Luke Beveridge actually took his medal and presented it to Bob Murphy, got him up on the stage. Getting him up on the stage was a really, really good gesture. And and he let him hold the cup first with Eastern Wood and Beveridge took the step back. Usually it's the captain and the coach. 
traditionally that's how it always is, but Beveridge just literally stepped back, and you can see why they want to play for him, but, yeah, it was a fantastic moment. That's a good moment. You can't barrage him for doing it. No, but Peter Gordon's gone and tried to ruin it. <laughs> yeah, he's had a bit of a mouth since that match has finished, hasn't he? He had a clip it buddy he's always had a bit of mouth it's just that people are listening mm. did he like flip-flop saying that he said i'm not responsible for the tomboy deal to now i am responsible for the tomboy deal yeah well of course he's going to take credit but on the basis of the medal yeah like gordon's asked for it and he's flip-flopping a little bit and it's you know he's starting to sound like eddie or koshi in this last couple of days but seriously they can't give a medal you don't just hand out medals because someone's a good bloke you know it, and it devalues the gesture None of the other assistants get medals. There are hard luck stories all the time in grand finals, and this one's about as bad as they get. But, you know, if Beveridge wants to give the medal, let him do this. Let him do this. But don't just give him a new one because you're like, oh, no, what a good bloke. When Otherwise, everyone will start giving out medals, you know. Who's going to give out a medal when someone wins next year? Someone take the piss and give it to fucking one of the players Dan decided wasn't worth a lap. <laughs> Hang on, is Bob Murphy deserve <laughs> yeah. a bit of a lap, Dan? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah he gets one. Right. Yeah. No, he can have one of those. But yeah. the 22 medals are just for the players, aren't they? Yeah, and the lap that goes with it, yeah. yeah. And you don't create another medal just because Beveridge gave his away. You know what? He might win another one. Bob Murphy might not, and it's a nice gesture, but you don't need to wank over it like fucking Gordon is and write to the AFL asking for another medal, because then you'll have Eddie arcing up going, where's the one for Presty? And then, then you'll have a West Horsham shit fight about fucking Tony Modra or... <laughs> Matthew Primus. And the AFL asking Kevin Sheedy, does Derek Kickett deserve one? And Sheedy saying, no. There are hard luck stories. The Cola's going, give one to McGlynn and give us 9.8% extra medal. I think you just got to leave it the way it is. Yep. And it sucks yep. for him. Collingwood did rings after 2010, which is the American thing where you, everyone involved gets a ring and the club can decide who gets what. And clubs should probably do that more, but the AFL give 22 medals to players and one to a coach. There's going to be hard luck stories every year with players missing because the team lost or they didn't get into the side. I mean, this year is no different. Yeah. For every Cameron Mooney or Jake Stringer, there is a Bob Murphy or a Preston. Mm. And then there's the guys who don't even win premierships, you know. Do you really deserve one yeah, more yeah. than random fucking... than Bradley Hill? Yeah, and Bradley Hill gets three. Like, Martin Pike has a few spare ones. He could give give out a few. He's probably sold them. Or maybe he accidentally threw his out like Glenn Archer. <laughs> Tom Lither. Did anyone catch his speech about winning an Ashes test, hitting 100 off Funky Miller? Yeah. That was fucking loose. Yes. He wasn't even <laughs> off the ground, and he was already on another fucking planet. I think he's just like that, though. Yeah. He's just on loose cannon. Yeah. That was fucking bizarro, but hilarious at the same time. And if you haven't heard it, check it out. It's been around a bit, people. Anything else on anything from Grand Final Day? Well, you have to say congratulations to the dogs. Mm. I mean, I'm going to be honest. It's I'm a good a bit, story, without being facetious. I'm a bit jealous. I'm a bit bitter and angry at my own team as well. I'm not going to deny that. But yeah, just congratulations. Hopefully we'll, we'll join you with number two next year. Congratulations and celebrations. Yes, and also the North Melbourne Football Club and Fremantle Football Club says you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Jose Romero. This is the first premiership Ross Lyon's been responsible for, isn't it? Oh, so Probably. now he he he, he <laughs> probably Ross needs Lyon a medal too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll personally pay for some of that shit. You just 
Good trolling. They'll have something to put in Fremantle's premiership cabinet because, you know, they didn't have one with the, with 15 other clubs at the MCG because they got nothing to put in it. Did anyone hear about that? Yes. No. There was 15 cabinets set up outside the MCG that had all the premiership cups from everyone who's won one, but GWS, Gold Coast and Frio didn't have one because there was nothing to put in them. Two of them's understandable, but... So, you know, everyone else had their own premiership cups, either the old ones that are handed out or the replicas made about a decade ago. But yeah, Frio, mm-hmm. no cabinet. So, you know, if Ross Lyon gets a premiership medal, they can put that in the fucking cabinet. Well, did, hang on, didn't they win a, a waffle one? Oh, it's not a real... Yeah, not a real... Well, they can put something in there at least. The AFL don't care. It's not a real flag. They didn't put any of Port's North King Island cups in there. <laughs> no. But yeah, no, it was a good story that the Dogs won. You know, this is the year of fairy tales. Leicester City, Cleveland, the Dogs. It's just rolling on. If you want if you want to break a drought, 2016's your year. Or you want an mm. unpredictable Cronulla. story. Cronulla too, yep. Cronulla, yep. White Sox might get there in a month. It's, it's quite a good story. And... Yeah, well done to the dogs. It's probably the most fascinating premiership story. It's as Dan said, it carries more weight than any flag one in a long time. This is this is the yeah, one you make a doco like... about or a movie. This is the one you make a movie about, not the Essendon saga, Goddard. And look, they can call it bathwater. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, nothing else on the game. Nope. Nah, suck shit, Sydney. Bathwater tastes better than cola. Yeah. It was pretty special. Let's move on to our talking points. And we did discuss briefly Cronulla and breaking the drought. We're going to go a little bit off topic there. And they won the grand final. It's not that interesting story, except that if anybody remembers, uh, Cronulla, why do we know about Cronulla again? Uh, I think they were uh, similar to the Bulldogs in that they... I haven't won a flag in my nah, that's something. that's not it. There's some other story with Cronulla. It's a big story. I can't. I think they had oh, some no. employees that were very similar. I think. Yeah, in what way? Oh, somewhere in the sports science department. Oh yeah, what did they do? Yeah, they they were on drugs, weren't they? Yes. And they just won a premiership. But why aren't their players banned? Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. The players took like a three week ban, and now they've gone oh. to win a flag. Oh really? Mm. Yeah. Of course. They took a three-week ban instead of standing by their sociopath coach, and they have a premiership, and Essen have a wooden spoon. I've got to go to the Hot Topics board now and see if that's been mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> to see if it's been mentioned or to read the thread that's already there. It's oh. been mentioned. Thrawn's all over that shit, clearly, or someone like that. It's humorous because... Essendon could have copped a three-week suspension, like maybe five weeks. And in the relevant season, it's done. Yep. Sack heard and rise up the ladder. This club's in a better place, but no. An NRL club is run better than Essendon. <laughs> An NRL club is smarter than Essendon. Oh, that's delicious. Do we have anything else on Cronulla? I think they were in just as big a party as Footscray were. Mm. But no riots, surprisingly. No. They saved their riots for their race relations. Let's stay on the subject of drugs and laughing at Essendon. It's true, Cramery had an interesting grand final week with the wedding and everything, but the story goes that now that the dogs are premiers, his compo claim from Essendon has just gone up dramatically because due to them injecting him with fuck knows what, he now could not be a premiership player. Oh, so how much more does he get? Well, what's a premiership worth to you? What's the price on a premiership? Yeah, it's, hard, it's hard to gauge. Yeah, it's hard to sort of measure, isn't it? It's pretty funny, though, because 
because, you know, he wouldn't have been there anyway because he got married the day before and they wouldn't have picked him. But Well, you would think at least match payments that you would be getting and all the players get a bonus yeah. for playing finals. True, match payments grand final are quite large, aren't they? And then, you know, being a premiership player probably does add to your value as a, as a player. So, yeah, there's a lot of things to weigh up, I suppose. I'd feel sorry for him, but I do find it funny that... And the Essence supporters are going to rage over this because he deserves more. They've cost him a flag. He needs a moral medal like everybody else. Well, everyone's asking for one. <laughs> I think we should get medals. Yeah, give us another badge. We should have been getting a badge for every year we've been doing this. We've only got the one solitary badge. But I reckon Cremere is going to be a bit pissed because right now he's probably thinking, seeing his own team win a flag, you're thinking, fuck should have taken the deal. Then seeing Cronulla win the flag, he must be thinking... Oh, sweet zombie fuck, I should have taken that deal. I should have squealed. But the reason he didn't take the deal was because no one fucking else did, you know? How would you feel if you were the only player to take the deal and then admit to drug cheating and then every other cunt gets off? Think for yourself. Jake Carlisle should have turfed every one of those fuckers. Yes, but that's the thing. You're only a drug cheat and they all get... You know what I mean? If you plead guilty, you can't say, oh, they got found not guilty, please remove my taint. The players should have all just gone in and... But instead, they all backed fucking herd. Stand by herd. Worked so well. <laughs> Hashtag shocked to be sitting here. You know, they should have followed Tanya's lead and not stood by him. Let's move on to the next talking point, and it is linked to herd as well. Fagan's going to Brisbane. That's set to be announced tomorrow. Which we sort Did of you say Fagan or Faggot? Fagan. Fagan. Sorry. That end sounded like a T. I'm sorry. Who is this guy? Well, he's Hawthorne's development guy, so he can't develop Hawthorne's list. But hey, I know he's there. But is he like a Brennan McCartney? He's like, he actually plays AFL or AFL or whatever? I don't know, but he's not an actual coach. If you're from That's Hawthorne, you must be good. Stupid. Well, this is the thing, and we've sort of gone into this in the past, and we don't stay on it for too long, but the realisation did occur to me today that when I saw it, someone mention it, that, yeah, he doesn't have the coaching accreditation. You know, that special one they bought in because James Hurd was so shit that you have to have a certain coaching accreditation to be a senior coach. And they don't hand those out like fucking candy. And he doesn't have one yet. They're going to put him in charge of the fucking Bryans. Well, he's been coaching in the AFL since, like, well, at least by minimum 2000, so he probably does know his shit. But it's not a tactical role. I don't know what he does, but he's not the fucking game plan genius. He's not even the guy telling Clarko to create clusters or whatever the fuck, or not get contested possessions, or, you know, he's, he's not the mastermind. He's going to need some serious help in life oh, yeah. from his assistant to develop the game plan and what like look if they're bringing him in specifically for you know the off-field stuff and like getting the right programs in place and you know getting the right you know drafting and um you know player retention that sort of thing okay development but, stuff like he he sounds like a placeholder until they get someone else well yeah exactly yeah in fantasy and, could be like like, they do have quite a young list, and he's probably their development coach. Then they trade him for a tactical coach when all the players are ready. Mm. What does he They're do probably... with Hanley and Rockliffe? <laughs> yeah, maybe that's maybe maybe the only reason he's got a job is just in case they're stuck with Rockliffe so that Rockliffe doesn't, you know, destroy the next wave of youth coming through and send them all fucking off home. They've been rebuilding since Foss left, and Leppage was there for three years. Like They're a basket case. They're Melbourne-esque. Look at us. Like, McCartney only spent three years with us, and, you know, we've won a flag two years later. It would make more sense just to try and get the best credentialed guy who's actually coached his own team. doesn't have to be 
at AFL stand. Like, you know, like he's obviously done his apprenticeship as some sort of, you know, development coach or whatnot, but, you know, he just doesn't seem proven enough. Whereas, like, looking at us, Beveridge at least was proven, like, you know, he's done his apprenticeship, won three flags in the Amos, and then coached at Collingwood and Hawthorne and helped with premiership programs for those clubs. So at least he had the ground, whereas I'm not really sure does he have the grounding? Well, they someone like Bolton. Bolton coaching Tassie, I think. Before uh, so he did Fagan. Did. That's Fagan's highest level coaching was in Tassie, but a long time ago. Yeah, just saying that Bolton was more... Um... Bolton was an assistant instead of in yeah, charge yeah, of the, development. Yeah. Bolton had a match day role. Yeah, Bolton at least had some match day nows and stuff, whereas it just seems, does this guy have match day nows? I don't think he does. No, it, it seems like a really Brisbane-esque decision. Like, they are the new Melbourne, and this feels to me like their Mark Neald moment because mm. Neald was supposedly highly rated. So so if he's not the guy, then, then who is? How do you fix Brisbane? <laughs> Honestly, I... <laughs> Maybe you can't. They're almost too hard to fix at the moment. Look, no, you fix them by getting someone in like that, but you want someone with a bit more match day experience and you have to fucking gut the club. You have to gut the players like Rockcliffe and Taylor, these cunts who think they're worth more than they are and are clearly culturally bad. Mm-hmm. And you got to stop taking the retreads, and you got to stop looking at cunts like Christensen and you know Robinson's been good for him for them, but you know Christensen yeah. and Bastanak, you know, if that's the best you can bring to your club, they've wasted so many second rounders on these types of guys, yeah. like you know second third rounders that they you know they could have found a gun kid in the draft, yet and they keep on bringing in these fancy graders. Yeah, they're just blowing their midfield death and banning C-graders, and they should just, you know, just load up their midfield through the draft. Like what Essendon are going to be able to do over the next year or two, like Parrish and Francis, and who knows what they're going to do with this upcoming trade period. Let's move on from that, because we spent a while on Brisbane. A couple of real quick things. How do we find the age printing the wrong fucking Bulldogs ad? Oof. We had uh... one job to do that as well. Yeah, didn't didn't something similar happen in, in Sydney? Congratulating Sydney Swans on being the 2016 premiers. Well, uh, in fairness, in Sydney they probably didn't know and <laughs> watch the game. At least, at least in Melbourne, you'd expect them to whoever it is to be all over that fucking result. So what what was in the age? Basically, a commiserations ad from Vic Uni, who sponsored the Dogs. They obviously paid for the ad space, regardless. And said, "Here, are when you do ads. that, usually you have to do it days in advance." Well, that's the thing; they so, did it days in advance, and they probably supplied them with. Here's our ad if they win. Here's our ad if they lose. And the, sh- the person mm, faced okay. with a fifty-fifty choice couldn't tell which was which. It was like congratulations, season twenty sixteen, blah blah blah. In spite of the disappointment of the grand final loss, the Bulldogs showed incredible heart and sportsmanship until the final siren. Led by skipper and VU student Easton Wood. With the VFL Grand Final win and the first AFL Grand Final to be played in 55 years, this has been a Bulldog season for the history books. <laughs> that's really bad. That's like yeah, you that's like that something I'd expect from the Herald Sun if Robbo was the editor. <laughs> it's just, how can you fuck that up? It's just, ugh, someone's stupid. Let's move on from that to something else a bit stupid, and we'll let Cookie rage a little bit here. St Kilda's new jumper and slogan. I'm uh, not sure if it's the slogan's confirmed, but if it is, fucking sack yourself or kill I yourself. Seen it. What is it? It's Carlton Esk, isn't it? <laughs> it's worse than Carlton's. <laughs> it's, we know we are building something that no other club has, and it's like, did they watch Pokemon and said, "Yes, that is a good idea for a slogan." 
building something nobody else ever has. What are they building at St Kilda? Is it Mate? metaphorical? Is it real? A coffee shop at Seaford? That would be fancy. No, well, no other clubs that build a coffee shop next to their ground because most p- clubs, you know, put their grounds near one. Well, hang on. Are you referring to the one that Armitage is wearing? Yes. Yeah. It's got that What's weird so white diff- bit around the top. Is that is that all it is? Oh, who cares? Apparently the red will come up looking pinkish, Cookie believes. Oh, come on. That's just silly. Come on. that's that's That looks... I can't tell the difference between that and what you regularly wear. Their current oh, yeah. is all right. This, this one's Let me look at a St Kilda, St Kilda jumper. We really need paddles on to talk about jumpers. So the sleeve is black on the conventional jumper, but this one's white. What the ring? The fucking collar looks like a toilet. The collar. Do you have any like idea how <laughs> embarrassing it was wearing a toilet watching around. North Melbourne play in the light blue Argentina jumper for yeah, three or four years? Yeah, that was That was terrible. Different. Terrible. That's like Power Rangers. You know, those all, things all you don't this, wear them every week. All this is is just a change of colour in the in the collar. There's a little bit of extra white, which is what your team's partial colours are. Yeah, I don't mind the white, but the collar looks like shit. Oh, who cares? It's it's not bad. It's I mean, they're, they're, all, they're all worse. I mean, you you can consider yourself lucky. It's not Power Ranger. Yeah. It's not Argentina. Your your colours could be brown and gold. It's not that bad. Yeah, it's True, not that bad. The only disappointing thing in this photo is that you've chosen David Armitage to model in it. Other than that, yeah. it's... That's probably the only one in the country. Well, he's used to having a bit of white around his neck, isn't he? You'd call that a pearl necklace, wouldn't you? The <laughs> jumper. Maybe that's why we picked him. Anyway, I think let's move on from that. Questions. Maximum Gornage wants to know, worst ever grand final performance by any player. Oh, Jesus. Um, you know what? I, I thought about the whole naming of the Leon Davis medal and... I clicked on his Wikipedia page, and it turns out that he was a two-time All-Australian. But he stunk it up in grand finals. That's why it's his medal. I know, but I, I think to have the medal named after him is a bit stiff. When there are, he, he like, got donuts could, one year, and then he got donuts up until he kicked the goal. He was one of the good players. I mean, I would have no problem if we decided to call it the Gary Rowan medal. But he's not even, he's, he's had, never won one. Yeah, but he's had two really... Like, he's lucky not even to have one. Leon's won two. Easy. Out of four. Uh, and he's the only player to ever get dropped for a grand final replay. Plus, you know, the AFLPA MVP's named after Lee Matthews. And just because Gary Ablett Jr. came along and was better doesn't mean we changed the name as much as Jasney wants us to. Oh, that's true. Yeah. It's hard to think back previous... It's hard to remember the good performances, let alone the shit ones. Some of the shit ones do factor in memory. Does anyone want to have a crack? Because I have an answer. Um, uh, Clinton no, Young, 2012. Lee. He had a negative impact, which is worse. Oh, I got mine. It. Hayden Ballantyne. Oh, you nicked mine. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's your reasoning? Oh, because that year he was just a, an annoying, chirpy little shit, and to be like that and to produce absolutely nothing in the grand final and to miss every shot that he had. I think it just stands out for that reason. It's probably it's probably not the the worst of the worst, but it just stands out. Like it's the only one that sort of came to mind. That's why I picked it because we have a lot of guys who don't deliver. Or in the case of say Kurt Tippett or Surioli in past years, who expect more of the Invisible Man, Leon Davis getting donuts. But it takes a special kind of shitness to actually help the other team by fucking up as often as you got it. And this is probably why this is the main reason Stringer was in the running so long, because of the 
all the times he coughed it up and kicked it out in the full. But Hayden Ballantyne literally sucked the end. Like, he made some of the worst mistakes on that day. Turned the ball over. He was a genuine liability. Like, they would have been better if he didn't touch the ball than if he mm. did. That's how bad he was. And that's why I think he gets it. But Leon still gets the medal for two shit grand finals. One with donuts. One where he didn't kick it till he kicked the goal that basically tied it. And then 2011, he had an All-Australian year. And his grand final statistically wasn't bad, but he played on Travis Varco, who was like Geelong's third best player on the day, kicked three goals. It was sort of like, so even his best grand final, his opponent beat him pretty badly. But Hayden Ballantyne, him and Jack Darling are the two in recent years who've won it for actually being negative influences on their team as opposed to no influence. And Mm. Ballantyne, worse in that way. Anyone else want to have a crack? Silrioli 2012. (laughs) (laughs) Any reason for either? Well, we only had a shocker in 2012. So did Hodge. Cam Mooney didn't touch the ball. He was literally there to sit on the bench. Different era, though. Well, it, it def- yeah, when you were on the bench they during those days, you were on there for a long time. Yeah. I don't think they even let him off the pine. Yeah. Wasn't there a Lions player who had a shit one? Oh, Alistair Lynch threw more punches and stats in 20, 2004. <laughs> Reese Shaw in one of the also yeah, calling the grand finals. But yeah, another average player that got chaired off <laughs> his last game. He made Fifey's heartbreak. That's like a club of one. Yeah, the feels. Next question is from K4A, and he wants to know, if you were invited to Jade's wedding, what would you bring as a present? A suit. <laughs> $900 suit? A race car uh. bed. Jousting sticks. God, what would I bring to that doofus's wedding? <laughs> a blast off. Bring suits date. No. <laughs> um, it's or, it's already messed up. It's messed up already attending a wedding of this sort of stature. Well, you'd bring suits to marry him, wouldn't you? Bring su- No, that's messed up. No. But you wouldn't even Seems... wish that upon Jade's, or you wouldn't wish it upon Sue's? Oh, everyone's eyeballs seeing <laughs> suits in a wedding dress. I don't think I would have to bring anything. It would just be a messed up event yeah i don't even know if i'd go <laughs> would he be getting married to would it be some sort of probably smooth no other than <laughs> stop saying smooth come on it's... i don't know it's just weird that's just who asked that question k4a k4a ask some better questions that's just messed up <laughs> that's like one of those stupid sort of would you cut your finger off for 10 grand or <laughs> would you give would mr you... aaron a run <laughs> yeah we put um, Jade's on uh, Vulture Alert, though, because um, uh, we'll ask him to put finger selfies and stuff, and he's like, all right, we'll gi- I'll give you a finger selfie from the beach at Hawaii. I'm like, okay, put my... Oh, so he's on notice, is he? He's on notice. Now that we mentioned, he's not the only one on notice this week, because Collingwood's best and fairest is on Friday night, and Morgan Ashley has assured us that Pendlebury will be called an unaccountable cunt. And that's probably why she's not here. She's probably a bit nervous about her last few days as a Collingwood fan. Hang on, this this has to be recorded, right? Like, Northern Lights is going to get the phone out and have this on record. If yeah? it doesn't happen on film, it didn't happen. Because we're not going to just take your word, like, oh, yeah, I did it. Bullshit. We're going to have to... No, we're going to need not, proof. You're not Bob Murphy. You're not that trustworthy. Yeah, we, you're not the Pope. We Well, I, priests are not really trustworthy, <laughs> are they? It's a bad example. <laughs> no, we, we, we're going to need proof. Yes, we are. Yep, and then Northern Lights can continue recording as she gets thrown out of the B&F. It's almost worth coming back next week just to find out whether she did it, but 
Yeah. Suze was mentioned before, and this is the brief note. If you get the chance, check out her recent Twitter exchange with Clementine Ford. That's oh. all. <laughs> when Sue's coming back? Never. Permanent means forever. Let's move on to this week on the Bay. We will begin with Flog of the Week. I will accept only one winner this week. Melt Maniac! Plugger. Plugger. No, I'm not Maniac. No, Plugger. Ser- seriously, it has to be 50-50 fight out of them two. No, I've never seen a neutral be so upset about a game of football and the result from it than Plugger, who is full... Like, this is the full conspiracy for him. Umpires, St Kilda dropping behind the flag tally, behind the Bulldogs. He's just... He's lost it. He's fucking lost it. Plugger was the moral flog of the year back in 2012 when Mario went on a meltdown in the thread. And I launched a campaign last week to make Richmond great again. How's that going? Not great. Still can't get on the ticket yet, but, you know, we'll, we'll figure that out. But I launched that campaign last week. I'm going to launch another one. Plugger for flog of the year. A couple more weeks of this. He went missing in 2012 and Mario appeared and stole it from him. But he's melting at the right time of the year in the worst fucking way. It's just like, get over it, plugger. Well, he has nothing to melt about. Exactly. I mean... He's not a Colas fan. He's melting worse than any Colas fan I've seen on the Bay. Even worse than Bloodret, who was sucking it up pretty bad in the aftermath. But no one... Plugger deserves it. Yeah. Which hurts us. He's a fellow saner. But plugger, fucking have a drink. Have a joint. Chill the fuck out. Listen to some music. But sports... Sports Maniac does deserve a fair whack yes, as well. Yes, he does deserve a whack. Honourable mentions time. Sports Maniac, who else? Jades. Um, Jades. Smasher. Jades. Smasher. 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 No, Jade's having a crack at freaking Liam Higgins missing. Ah, oh, that got a mention last week, I think. Yeah, he got an... On, did it. He got an yeah. dishonourable for that. Anybody else? Anybody who says Nick Rewalt is shitter than Tom Boyd. You're all on notice. You mean Kurt Chook? <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> Benoit. <laughs> no, no, Benoit was Benoit more subtle than that. Benoit just put the stats up and let everyone else melt around it. You're on fucking notice. He's, he's your, I can't even conceptualise it. Just you're all on notice, cunts. I'm enjoying some of the bumps of Plugger's threads as well. Tom Boyd versus other key forwards. Statistical. And on Dread the Week time, that's, I'll give that a nom. Tom Boyd versus other key forwards. Statistical comparison. Anyone else? Uh, the Bay 13 trade week. Yeah. Bay 13 trade week. Mm, that's been good value. It's everyone just taking the piss, which is always good. I don't mind the Bob Murphy, it's all about me, Spanker's medal, uh, by number 37. Who's actually fronted up after the Colas lost too. He's probably yeah. one of only a handful. Oh, the NRL grand final, Fred, just to see a little bit of weirdness, the realisation sink in. Also, Swamp Creature's been in good form this week. Congrats, Tazzy. 2016 Premiers was pretty good. Deal Haters gets an honourable mention. Well done, boy dogs. Broken, a broken clock's right twice a day. That's all I'm <laughs> going to say. If you're going to be right, you want to be right in a big way. And you know what? Can't hate on that deal anymore. It is delivered already. And this is what makes me laugh about Plugger's butt hurt, saying, oh, everyone's comparing him to Hawkins. He's made to be fat and shit in the years next year. And it's just like, yeah, Plugger, but... He won them a flag. He can be as fat and shit as he wants because he did the job when it mattered, to quote the Horfies. It still anyway. would be funny if it does, does happen, though. Anyway, I think trade week's throughout the week, isn't it? Yeah, it's just good fun. I forget what appeared late last week. You know, basically everything on there is from today or yesterday. 
Last week's poll, real quickly, if you had to have one at your club next year, 0% said Chris Main, 0% said Will Minson, 10% said Stephen Motlop, 15% said the recruit winner, and 75% said Jack Watts. Now, let's move on. The only thing we really have to look forward to is trade and free agency, period. Oh, joy. A couple of things we can look at here. Uh, Travis Cloak to the Dogs is rumoured for what pick was it? I think pick 71. I think it will be for Carlton's that, fourth, future fourth rounder that they gave us last year. Okay, that trade says, yes, please take him. Thank you for not charging us too much. Look, I, I do have to laugh at Cloak. A month ago, he probably thought he was going to walk in and save that club, take the spot that the underperforming Tom Boyd could not lock down and be the forward target that led the Bulldogs to the promised land. Now he's about as likely to play twos at the Dogs as he was with Cramery back as he was going to at Collingwood, and on half the money. It's like the sudden realisation of Travis Cloak as your teammate has made Boyd realise, fuck, I do not want this. You know what? It might work if someone doesn't come on or someone gets injured, but I can see him spending a lot of time in the twos, which wasn't what he left to do. But I'm pretty optimistic. I'll take him. Just in case, say, Zane Cordy struggles or Boyd gets injured, but I don't think they'll play him. That's what it's there for, because of Red got injured. But when Redpath was playing, we played Roughhead Campbell and Redpath together, or we played Roughhead Boyd and Redpath together. So it seems like they're going to go with the three big guys. It might allow you to release Stringer up the ground. Exactly, yeah. So, that's what I think. Another note is that, and this amazes me, like, I know he's an old cunt and everything, but no one wants Boomer Harvey, apparently. Mm, if, you, if you believe that. You can tell me that Boomer Harvey is not an improvement on fucking that useless fat cunt Stephen Motlop at Geelong. Or he could not get a game at Brisbane. If you get Brent Harvey to Geelong, it kind of makes a mockery of getting rid of Steve Johnson and Paul Chapman, I think, if you get yeah, a 38. You can admit you were wrong. Mm, yeah. Like, you know, they lacked in that department. They should have kept Steve Johnson. Like, mm. they fucked up there. Johnson's better than any small forward they've got, apart from them. I mean, Brent Harvey at this year was on really, really small money, so it's not going to cost the club anything in terms of salary or kicks. So I, one or two at least will say, hey, Brent, come over here. We will play you. We will play you. You can be our game's record holder now. Ballarat Miners, <laughs> they will play you. I still think he's going to the dogs, by the way. Anyone else we want to discuss for trade free agency? Who's lining up for Tyrone Vickery? <laughs> I don't know, but all of a sudden that's got a bit murky, hasn't it? Someone else wants him. Oh, God. Please, bidding war, please. <laughs> I want, I like, want the what combo. do Hawthorne see that we don't? We, we want him now because Hawthorne wants him. I don't care who wants him. Please take him. Please pay as much as you want for him or as much as you can for him. It's apparently Frio. Oh, Frio will upgrade him to first-round compensation. That would be fantastic. We'll get, fir- we'll get first-round compo for fucking Ty Vickery. And That's disgusting if that happens. And, and Bigfooty will explode because Frio went and paid him Kurt Tippett money. If that happens, I'm bumping the Ross Lion for it. That will be fucking gold. <laughs> See, I'm already making Richmond great again. I inspired a bidding war for Ty Vickery. I told Ross Lyon, you know, I'll take credit for it. Oh, please go to Frio, please. Oh, oh, they still won't need to build that fucking cabinet. The Lidio could go to Cats, which has probably been said before. I don't think it'll happen. I don't think he wants to go, and ultimately at this stage you still can't make a player leave. I don't think that'll happen. He's always struck to me as a very loyal sort of guy. Yeah. I don't think he'd be going. I will rage if that happens because 
the other rumour getting thrown around is straight swap for Motwop, and they can fuck off. No way. No way no. would you want to do that. You could throw in a good player along with Motlop, and I still wouldn't fucking take that for anything. You fuck Motlop off. He's awful. What if it was Cockatoo? I haven't seen enough of Cockatoo to make... I don't, I don't want to make the trade in the first place. You know, Cockatoo wouldn't get me to the trade table, wouldn't get me in the room. Mm. No, you'd have to do better than that. Anyway, who else is on the trade table? What else is... Petrie to West Coast. As a rookie? The oldest rookie in history? Jackson. That wouldn't, that wouldn't be worth it, would it, to relocate your family to the other side of the country just for a rookie spot? They would, they would have to guarantee him that he would be playing games. But nobody get that guarantee. Like I'm sure Travis Cloak was given that guarantee. He's not going to have it now. That new engine serves another guy. So. Well, I heard Lysette had surgery, but they're saying that he's going to be right for round one. I think there are only two Ruckmans, so they need Petrie's security. Collingwood are the other one with the most interesting collection of, well, footballers, which we did discuss a bit last week with Maine and Wells and Nicky Dell. Now Will Hoskin Elliott's in the picture. It's just like, some of these players, how are they going to get them all? Like how, Wells is a free agent. Hoskin Elliott they'll have to trade for, I think, but I don't know how they get him without any well, draft picks. Well, it's, I'm not sure what... Morgs is right. This is, was right. This is, Nathan, this is Michael Ross-esque. Will Hoskin Elliott is not worth much now. Like, maybe two years ago, he'd be worth, like, a top-ten pick. Seriously, he'd be lucky. He'd be lucky in the top 30 now, I reckon. Really? I think he's handy. It's just that he doesn't fit what the Giants have. Like, they've got other players who can do his role a bit better. Like, the Swans could do it. We talked about the lack of outside run at yeah, the Swans. Yeah. He could move cross town. But, I mean, um, I just look at the deals that Carlton's been able to do a shit over us. Like, four players for, what, pick 28. And that was... Yeah, but they're never any good. Hoskin Elliott is seriously in Plowman category now. Plowman, surely. Jack Steele's good name. Jack. Yeah, you're getting Steele. March back to Carlton. Jack Steele, he'd probably fetch a pick around 15, maybe. Yeah. Frio is still after McCarthy. They'll probably get him. They're after Brad Hill. That could be really interesting to see how Brad Hill is valued, whether he's valued on best 22 at Hawthorne in a three-time premiership team or on his, you know what, he's sort of been carried there three times. Well, it didn't stop them saying all those good things about Jonathan Hay when they <laughs> shipped him to North Melbourne. Oh, he's an all-Australian back, and he finished such and such in Elkton Ferris. So you'll give us your first-round pick for him. Okay, here you go. Tom Mitchell, no mirror to Hawthorne. be interesting to see whether they can even get those done. Presti to Richmond, I don't think it'll get... I hope it doesn't because I think he's B-grade at best yep. and he's injury-prone, but I don't want to see pick six going. I don't think there's another way to do it unless Freeman will activate good comp over victory. In that case, wouldn't you just, wouldn't you just go the draft? Uh, I, I can see a lot of these trades hitting stalemate, and usually there's one that holds up trade week, and I'm not sure which one it is. Like you, Last year, Dangerfield dominated in the Judd trade in years past, and Beams and all these. There's usually one that holds all the deals up and stops the dominoes falling. What do we reckon it's going to be this year? Which one? Well, Charlie Dixon was up here last year, and that was Gold Coast. And I actually made a thread about it on the Austin Dreaming Board, that Gold Coast and the new Essendon with, you know, with them going draft picks and stuff. Oh, God. Essendon and Hibbert will be interesting. We want your first rounder and Jesse Hogan. Uh, when does trade week start anyway? Next Monday. For some silly reason, I thought it was today, but next Monday. I think there was a year it started, like, on the wet, the free agency period. Started before trades, I think, and it started on the Wednesday after the grand final one year, and it was just fucking ridiculous. 
the AFL could afford to, if the new CBA comes mm. up and they get the players get a slightly longer off season in general, the AFL could afford to just sort of push trade week and coaching appointments, set a limit on those to, you know, leave a week of or two between grand final and everything else, you know, just to let things settle and then clubs get their act together in that time instead of fucking coaching appointments happening during finals, which is fucking ridiculous. There's no real big names. Like, Dangerfield was the big one last year, but, yeah. Yeah, like, because Dangerfield's considered gettable by other clubs just because he was, you know, whether if the Crows and Cats couldn't get it done. I don't know if there's a player who is a big enough name that another club might... (laughs) (laughs) That another club might come along and say, you know inquire about the status of that player, you know, if the deal's not getting done, if a trade's being held up. O'Meara's maybe the big one because Essendon are sitting there hanging about, waiting to see what happens, pre-season draft, but they're not going to trade for him. I reckon one of Tom Hickey or Billy Longer will be traded out of St Kilda. Hickey seems required at the moment, and Hickey's played the more dominant for you too when he's been fit. Just don't know, but one of them's gone. I've heard numerous clubs, dogs... Richmond, Freo, Essendon. Longer is, longer is the one that I keep on hearing that night. He's contracted, so, you know, you, you want at least a second rounder for him. On the note of grand finals as well, there's been talk in recent days about trading Rowan and Tippett, and you've got to wonder where the value is there, particularly at Tippett, because you'd be picking up the price tag, surely. Like, who's going to make that deal? Brisbane? Gold Coast? They're not. Isn't he from Queensland? Yeah. yeah. He's a Gold Coast boy. Though he should tell everyone he was a Sydney person to get to Sydney, which enraged the Crows and got them the sanctions. Aren't West Coast trying to get for Rory Wobb? If they can't get a deal done for Rory Wobb, say West Coast are really going after it. Why don't they just go in for Tippett then? Well, because West Coast are serious about winning finals. I don't know who would want Tippett, like, except Frio. Yeah, they better not look at Tippett instead of Vickery. They need to take Ty off our hands. There's a lot of interesting trades out there. Do we think, Cookie, you heard a rumour? About Nat Fife. Yes. Apparently someone in Frio or higher up wants to trade Nat Fife to fasten the rebuild. Just when you thought the time of Frio making shit deals was over. Do we think there'll be any movement on that? No. He's from WA. He doesn't want to go. He's rural WA though. He might want to get out of Dodge. Well, come to North then if you want to come come to... You need the draft picks, though. Like, you're trading for Nat Fife at the moment would be... Trelaw was worth two firsts, considered worth two firsts. What do you think Nat Fife's going to be worth? Well, if Fremantle think that we're going to finish low next year, then we could offer up next year's picks as well as... But if you get Nat Fife, you're a better team. Yeah? Yeah, you don't finish as low. That's true. Yeah. What would they be wanting? Two firsts? Two firsts and probably some more. I'd probably say at least a top ten pick. Or two top tens. I've heard. I've heard that he's. I've heard that his knees are shot, and that he'll never play a full season of footy ever again. See, with the danger for trade, he, he he doesn't have a history of all these injuries, and he played a full season easy and was the best player in the competition. You can't get that sort of like when he's when he's playing and he's playing really well. He's he's he can be the best player in the comp, but there's there's no I guess guarantee. The old his body is shot is kind of a used excuse though. Like, you hear that a lot. That was said about Stevie J. It's like, Stevie J failed the medical at Collingwood, and then he became a three-time premiership player. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see if Jaeger Amira fails a medical that's, if he hasn't done that's one. That's the other one. name, too, and I heard that he's failed at a couple of clubs. Yeah. I heard he failed at Richmond but, and at North. 
We saw Horn are going to go for Tom Mitchell. Like, you know, he's a fairly durable player. And, you know, he's only, like, 22 or 23. So, you saw, you know, they can sort of rebuild that midfield around with a, with a solid accumulator type of player. Well, this is the interesting thing. Will Sydney be okay with dealing Mitchell to any, uh, quotation marks, another contender in Hawthorne and actually mm. going through with that without really good compensation? And in that case, one, can Hawthorne pay it? Because do Sydney want draft picks or proven players? And the other one, like, this is probably where do Hawthorne want to keep drafting? And this is where they probably hope that they'll get a lot for Brad Hill. But you can't see, I can't see that happening. Like, I can't see Frio parting with, you know, maybe their second because it's going to be top 22. Actually, they lost that one, didn't they? Didn't they trade that for Bennett? I think so, yeah. Yeah, so they're going to have that. They need to trade Fife out if they want to get Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Did Melbourne trade their first round this year to Gold Coast? Just the total last year? I can't remember. Maybe. There were some weird trades done last year. I haven't seen the draft order. We'll see it once trade period's over and the compo picks are adjusted and Richmond have two in the top seven thanks to Frio paying Vickery 800 a year. It's like previous trades. Yeah, Melbourne did trade to Gorkos. Pretty much GWS has a free first round picks. And Essendon want two of those for the number one. Yeah, seven to 15 for number one. Oof. No, I wouldn't do that. You want two in the first six, seven, eight. But if, if you're the Giants, do you want a better caliber player, or do you just want more? Num- you know what I mean? Do you want better caliber players, or do you want more first rounders that are going to go? Home? Like that's what they did with Josh Kelly when they turned Tyson in the draft pick into Josh Kelly. It's like you keep filling your list with talent. Eventually, they're not going to stay there because they can't get games. It's interesting, but nothing else that's surprising about trade week. Uh, what happens? Not really. I think this one could get bloody. I really do think this one could get bloody because there's so much movement mooted, but at the same time there doesn't appear to be an obvious way to make these trades happen, if you know what I mean. I think there's going to be some collateral damage at clubs where people get thrown up as steak knives and someone cracks his shits like Riscatelli at Brisbane yeah, well, and, you know, someone gets upset. There could be some carnage. Just no picking up Rockliffe St Kilda. For the love of God, do not do that. Oh, Adelaide Yeah, Adelaide will probably do it. Well, I keep on hearing Rockliffe and Hanley are going to get kicked out of Brisbane. So. Yeah, Hanley's off to the Gold Coast. Yeah. That one doesn't make sense to me either. Like, Gold Coast has got so many outside players. Halfback flank types. Yeah, halfback. But the, I guess they always get injured. There's still Scott Clayton drafting. It's just shit. They need guys who can win their own footy. You know, they won't really have that once, you know, Prowse here and O'Meara you know, goes. You know, Ablett's not getting any younger too. Anyway, I think we call that it. So... This was the vlogcast for Grand Final Postseason Wrap. Starburns joined by Cookie. Two can be as sad as one. Now it's the loneliest number next to number one. Damn. See ya. And our bathwater drinking vlog, Goo Pups. Sons of the West. Red, white and blue. We'll come out snarling. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs> through and through. We sing. Bulldog, blood and bulldog, bro. We give our very best. But you can't beat the boys of the bulldog. If the rage quit The team of the mighty west. Woo! <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll see you in a month. Hopefully, if we haven't drowned in bathwater by then. <laughs> <laughs>